Hey guys, welcome to the For Your Thoughts podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meet. It's your girl, Penny and Assy, back at it once again. I know I've been gone for a long ass time. Um, There's been a lot of shit going on, as y'all can see, and I've been having to deal with all that shit. Nothing bad or anything like that, but my normal routine was definitely shook. Um... I feel like everybody's normal routine has been shook. It's like how I had to kind of figure out how to record this podcast with roommates, which is really, really awkward, but we're going to do it anyway. And um, not being able to go to the studio, having to use my phone in my room, in my bed. But you know what? We're going to make it do what it do. I definitely miss you guys. And today we have like a super duper duper dope guest. We have a mental health professional. She's amazing, but she'll be coming on like way, way, way later. Um, first, of course, I feel like we should definitely address everything going on in regards to the killing of George Floyd and the uprise of protests due to police brutality. I feel like my perspective, I'm not even going to go super deep into like a think piece or anything like that. Um, that's really not even like my vibe, but my honest perspective is why is it that the simplest thing like Black Lives Matter, that's what we're still having to scream at this point. And it's like, that shouldn't even be a question. Like, of course, our life matters. That is honestly should be the bare minimum. And it's kind of crazy that in 2020, we are still having to convince people that our life matters and that's still like what the protest is about. Yes, our life matters and then what? Um, it's just kind of insane to me that we're still on that. And I feel like the oppressor just won't let us let up and like they won't let us live, let us breathe. And they left us here with nothing post-slavery and we have been doing our best to like navigate this life and simply like our life still don't matter after all that we've been through. Um, I'm sure that there's so much that you guys have heard and read over the past two weeks. And I love how everyone's been posting like nonstop, like my whole timeline, everybody's stories is just filled with like tons of facts. Like I've learned so much over the past two weeks and I feel like we should continue to learn and educate ourselves because that's how we can be the most powerful, right? So I feel like we should continue to do that. Um, but, and I also honestly feel like this time around, I feel so much more support from like communities of like other races, like people of other people of color and even like white people. Like when I went to the protest, honestly, it was filled with a lot of white people, which is so dope. And this is the first time I'm honestly seeing them trying to learn and being open about it. And so when people say things aren't changed, I feel like that is a significant change that we should definitely um I guess, be aware of and be happy about. Although it's a small change and there's so much further that we have to go, it is dope to see like how much support we had from other races. And with all this going on, yes, our life matters. And it's like our mental health, I know is completely shit right now. And people are trying to navigate that as well. So that's really what I want to talk about in this episode in regards to our Black lives is really like our Black mental health, which is what we're going to talk about later. I want you guys to definitely stay tuned for that. Um, because Black mental health matters, especially in this moment, and especially because we were already dealing with the pandemic and whatnot. 
And then we have to deal with this. I'm like, and we literally are watching people die on our screen over and over and over again. I feel like we should really be paying hella attention to our mental health and how it's going to affect our future, how it's affecting the kids and how it's affecting everyone. So um, tune in later for the peace of mind segment for that. But yeah, outside of all the fuckery that is COVID-19 and this crazy race war that we're living in, I truly personally during this time that I've been away have just been focused on making sure that I stay like in the presence of God, making sure that I stay at peace and stay centered because it's so much going on. Y'all know. Oh, yeah. I don't think y'all do know unless I feel like most of y'all follow me on Instagram, but I graduated officially. I I stopped classes last year, but I graduated officially in May. And it's so insane. I never thought I would graduate this way. I had so many plans for my graduation. Like it was about to be a whole thing. My whole family and all my friends from Houston were going to come. Like I knew that I wanted to like wear a lay as if I was in California and I wanted to have like, a rooftop party. My dad had already like started looking at places. It was going to be a whole thing. And I had to graduate like via Zoom, which was fucking it wasn't bad at all because I love my new school community. I love my friends there, but it was just wasn't what I expected. But shout out to everybody who still made my graduation weekend special. Y'all know who y'all are. That meant the most to me. And I hope that you guys definitely know that. But yeah, so I've just been trying to navigate life and shit and like stay calm, stay present and like not overthink anything. Um, and I feel like when I'm just like centered and like truly like connected to God, like I can conquer everything and anything with just peace and grace. So I've been trying to do that. Basically, um, I did. I've started like a morning routine. I met. I get up, make my bed, meditate, journal, read my Bible for a little bit, pray, listen to some music, maybe some PJ Morton, maybe some jazz, or I'll do like some gospel. I'll switch it up. Um, and then like every night for the most part, like before I go to bed, I'll just like play on YouTube some different sermons from like Sarah Jakes Roberts or Mike Todd. I've been like really into Mike Todd's relationship goals. Like that shit's fire. I feel like that's another episode that we can like dive, really dive into that. But if you haven't checked out Mike Todd's relationship goals, you definitely should. But yeah, um, I've just been taking everything honestly day by day. The Calm Meditation app has been my best friend. Um, I've been doing like all their different seven-day journeys, different journal prompts, and shout out to Raven Alexis who sent me all of her journal prompts and things like that. I don't know, I have to like sip water. I feel like it's so much to talk about and I can't even talk about it all in one episode, Um, but we'll get to like everything. But yeah, so I've just been trying to stay calm, basically, and have a good time. I've honestly had amazing experiences during quarantine. Like, I feel like I've gotten even closer to some of my family members because we're just up on FaceTime all the time, on Zoom, just talking about life and stuff like that. Like, it hasn't been the worst thing ever. It's just been something very new and very, very different. Um, As far as, like, gigs and things go for the update— um, the beginning of the quarantine was really, really slow. I really wasn't working that much at all. And it, and it really did affect me in, in so many ways. It, I didn't realize how much, like, like, my passion and my purpose, like, fulfills me as a person. And when I'm not, like, 
walking in that, I truly am not myself and I don't feel like myself and like I get thrown off and I'm wondering like, what's wrong? Why am I like having all these weird thoughts? Why am I, you know, just like not being as positive as I normally am? And then I realized, girl, it's because you're not doing what like God put you here to do in this moment. Although it was just, it was just for like a month. It did like, I definitely did feel it. Um, but yeah, but recently I did this super du- super duper dope gig it was a digital art film and music festival and I moderated that panel so basically I was like in charge of like hosting and um just like making sure everything went on time and then also asking all of the talent questions like after and just creating conversation and like um basically telling their story we're helping them tell their story more and that felt so good to like operate in my purpose again. I really forgot that fe- that feeling. It was fulfilling. It was great. Like a great reminder of who I am and like really like what I'm supposed to be doing. And I feel like that was so necessary in that moment. Um, so that was super dope. Shout out to Muse Methods for that. And Jad, I love you, Jad, for um, that super duper amazing festival. And then also I just got another gig. Um... I'll be talking about mental health for this new digital talk show with everyday people, which I have no idea when it's coming out or anything like that, but I know it's going to be amazing. So things are like looking really, really good. And I'm just, like I said, taking shit day by day because we don't know what tomorrow holds and we just are trying to adapt. I really wonder like how y'all are like, what have y'all been up to? What do y'all do? Like, if are you guys working? Like, y'all need to DM me, message me. Let me know how everything's been going on during this crazy-ass quarantine race roar. Um, feels like we're in an episode of The Simpsons or fucking, what was that show? That freaky-ass show. It's like a British show. I'm not sure why it's like coming to my mind. But everyone's saying that it's like it. Um, but yeah, we're basically like in the Twilight Zone or something. Um, and I really don't even know where we're even going from here. But I know that I'm going to make sure that I remember this time. I have a good time during this time and make it like a time that I will cherish forever and not a time where I'm just complaining and just being like, when can I go outside again? Of course I want to go outside, but it's like, I'm kind of just like thinking of different ways to make this time special. So it's like, this is like the only time in life where we have this time to have true solitude. And I feel like people think that they're like alone or lonely or whatever, but that's not the case. Like you can flip your perspective and think about it as like, yo, I have this time to myself to actually be with myself. Like that doesn't happen because you got to go to work and be around people. You got to do, you have to go, you know, to different events, be around people or whatever you do, like on your day to day. This is the one time where we aren't supposed to be around people. So imagine how like beneficial that is to like take that time to tap into yourself, tap into like whoever you believe in and to just like better yourself and like really dig deeper into your own healing, trauma, joy, shit. Figure out what you like to do, what you don't like to do. Like without being influenced by the world, I think that's like an amazing way to look at it this time. And that's what I've been trying to be on. But yeah, that's my little quarantine update or whatever. If I think of anything else, y'all, I'll let y'all know later. But it's just like so much going on. And like I said, y'all need to blow my DMs up when I'm not recording because 
this just can't be like this. Like, I know that this podcast like means a lot to so many people and I don't want to lose something special and I won't do that. So I just need y'all as my little pen pal, not even little pen pals, that's not even okay. But like as like my pen pals and just like my friends to hold me accountable to continue to create and continue to walk in my purpose. Um, so yeah. So for the pen pal letters, you guys um, messaged me a lot about just wanting to know like how to handle mental health during quarantine, mental health during this whole race war. So we have Magna, who is a black mental health counselor, who's going to join us later to help answer those questions. So I'm not going to do like my own, you know, answering of like other emails and questions. I'll say that for the next episode. But for this episode, we'll talk about all of y'all's questions with the counselor later. So stay tuned for that. Okay, now we're going to go into our chain segment. And it's so crazy, but for today, I definitely want to highlight my dad and my brother for throwing like an amazing panel. It was basically a panel for first generation families, um, Kenyan families, and like talking about police brutality and how like we deal with racism because it's very much so different than I think like African Americans that were born and raised here deal with it. And also it's like a extreme disconnect from like our parents who grew up in Kenya and then us who grew up here. It's like a crazy duality that needs to be talked about. And like, it's so, I feel like that conversation broke so many barriers. I heard like, it was like buzzing in Kenya, like on like Kenya news and stuff like that. It was super duper cool. And I'm so proud of my dad and my brother. I was a panelist on there to talk about like mental health and also talk about just like my own personal experience, like I guess the first gen and we really like half the conversation honestly was about black trans or Kenyan trans and um, Kenyan gay people. And that was crazy to even hear because it's so wild how my dad's generation and the older generation truly believe that that is a quote unquote sin. And then even went into just like how Christianity can sometimes be looked at like as a punishment. It was just really, really deep. It was really, really crazy. A lot of comments going on, but ultimately it was positive. I think we recorded it and we're going to put it up later and I will let y'all know. But ultimately, it was the beginning of what of what I feel like is going to break like a lot of generational curses and bridge a lot of gaps. And that's why that is my change for this episode. Shout out to my brother, Atunga James Nassi, and my daddy, Inaka Nassi, and my other brother, Ometi Nassi. My mom was on there cheering everybody on, of course. And it was just like a great ass like convo because if you know, like, African families like you know we don't talk about much of anything especially like real shit and we really were on there going back and forth the old people the young people and being respectful and just really trying to see each other's sides and perspectives and truly have empathy and that's literally what everything I am is about and I'm so happy that we were able to do that and I can't wait for us to do more on, on like a bigger level when Corona is over and like have actual panels and stuff. So that's my change of the week. Shout out to that. We haven't even titled like what the series will be called, but I feel like we should definitely like give it a title, give it an Instagram, 
that whole nine. I know I know my brother's listening right now, so I'll probably text you this after. But you are definitely change of the week, Tungi. Love you so much. Um, yeah, that's my change of the week. Okay, and for my two cents, this is going to be really, really quick because I really just want to go into the interview segment. But for my two cents, I want to talk about how you guys have been pressing these celebrities to say the right things during this whole police brutality situation, do the right things and pin them on these pedestals as if they're not like regular ass people who could either be really, really woke, really, really stupid and somewhere in between trying to learn the way y'all did J. Cole. Like that whole thing was just odd. It's just like let people learn and grow on their own without bullying them into doing so. And always know that celebrities are normal as people just like us. And we should not be looking at them for the answer. Ever. Ever. And that's all I'm going to say. Y'all already know how I feel about stuff like that. And y'all should really just relax and focus on what really matters, which is really changing these racist ass motherfuckers. That's really what matters. I'm trying to work on my cousin, but... I had to say that. All right, we're going to go on to peace of mind. And that will be me and Magna chopping it up about mental health during quarantine and mental health during this crazy ass time. Hey. Hi. Good okay. evening. Hey, I can hear you. Okay, great. This is great. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, before we start recording, let me get something. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it's, it's like actually my podcast is like super chill. Like it's not even like it's not stuffy at all. I just want like your perspective as like a mental health professional, especially a black woman that's like you know a millennial and whatnot. Like it's so chill though. So okay. yeah, no, okay. it's not. It's not no grilling. It's nothing like that. Like I want you to be like, like your authentic self and everything. So okay, yeah, this is my first podcast. Oh so. no. Oh okay. Okay. So that's that's even that's even more fun. Okay. So okay. All right, you guys are listening to the For Your Thoughts podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meets. I'm here with Magna. Is that how is that how you say your name, Magna? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. So we <laughs> met virtually. We were doing a yeah. I'm gonna say it was like a was it like for a talk show for everyday people? That's what I was told. <laughs> same. Okay. Same. Okay. Great. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but we did um, a little segment about like mental health during quarantine. And mm-hmm. she is a mental health counselor, a black mental health counselor, a millennial yes. mental health counselor. We need so much more of those. And like, I was like, so like, I had no idea that an actual counselor would be on there. Um, I like studied mm-hmm. psychology in undergrad. And then I went into like media because I really wanted to like use media as like my vessel to like, you know, spread like mental awareness and spread mental health or whatever. And oh, um, awesome. yeah, but I was like, should I have like became a counselor first and then, you know, like, but I think in, in that moment, I was super duper into media and I had like that momentum. So I was like, let me just do this first and then go on to maybe get my PsyD or, you know, maybe go back and um, get my master's in, in mental health counseling or whatever. But I was like mm-hmm. super lit to see like an actual counselor, like on the panel. So that was exciting. That was dope. Um, and mm-hmm. you um, basically like you have a platform to equip, people with tools that will help them on their journey to becoming their best self right yes yes, yes and yes. you're also a christian which i think is amazing as well i would love to like know oh. how you put like christianity with um like 
you know, mental health and psychology. With the therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing as well. Um, so we'll start with like, you just tell me about yourself and like your journey and why you even wanted to become like a counselor. Okay. Wow. Thank you. First of all, yes. <laughs> for having oh, me this on is our first podcast, y'all. Woo-hoo. It is. Yeah. So yes, you popped the, the bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, so my name is Magna Lacan. Um, yes, I'm a black woman therapist. It's so funny. My mom was like, why do you want to become a therapist? You're black. <laughs> really? Like, what does she mean by that? Yeah. She was like, people don't really like black doctors. Isn't that something? That is so true, though. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that She's I, like, and and even white uh white doctors don't like black patients. <laughs> it's like we just never win. Huh? <laughs> literally, literally. But I was like, no, this is what I want to do. I'm doing it. I don't care. I guess she wanted me to go into nursing. You know, every West Indian oh wants their gosh. child to be a nurse. Yeah, so, like, I'm first-generation Kenyan. So, I you like, they oh. want me to be a nurse, a doctor. Like, mm-hmm. literally, I was about to, like, I, I was pre-med and everything before I was like, oh, what? fuck this. I'm going media. Yeah, I really was. Like, I had God bless one, you. one more class. <laughs> And I would have, like, been taking my MCAT. But that's just not, like, what oh, I feel wow. like God wanted me to do. So, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but continue. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it is. Like, okay, I could have been a nurse, but I'm not good in science. So you can't really force me to do something I'm just not capable of doing. Wait, pause real quick. Okay, wait. Are you mm-hmm. sitting? Like, what? Where's what's your setup like with the sound? Like, or... Oh, I'm next to my fan. Is it the fan that you have? Yeah. And if you can sit, like, on your bed or where, like, there's, like, a lot of pillows, it just makes it sound better. It's okay, okay. So yeah. I'm gonna put this on energy and, and like, then yes, I'm on my bed, but I'll hide the phone under my pillow. Okay. Does this sound better? That sounds way better. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, great. So continue. Um, so what made me go into therapy is a very great question. Um, I don't I grew up with four brothers mm-hmm. and I was the middle child mm-hmm. of these four brothers. And I don't know, I just always felt like I didn't really have a place mm-hmm. or like a sense of belonging, even though that doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. So I think I became the me who I always wanted when I was younger. So I always wanted somebody to listen to me and like to like mentor me and to help me. Yeah. And so I like just be there and made me feel like I was part of something, mm-hmm. really. So you so, kind of feel like the black sheep of your family. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, I, have I, have two brothers too. I have two brothers too. So I kind of feel like that too. Like no sister. Are they older or young? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had Are one. they older or younger? Yeah. So one older brother and then one younger brother. They, I love them. They're the best people ever, but it's like not the same. as. And then also I feel like having a mom who is like not from here, you know, it's just like different. Mm-hmm. It's super different. But yeah. Kiss okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have anyone to really relate to. Mm-hmm. And then I guess I wasn't. I was a very reserved person. I guess I always wanted the friends, but I wasn't really open. So mm-hmm. just never really had anyone to talk to. So yeah, I, I I wanted someone to talk to. And I guess I became the person I always wanted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which that I makes love. sense. I love that. Yeah. So, right. really, like, so, so you studied psych and you just were like, okay, mm-hmm. like, and that's why like, you knew that. Like at what moment did you know, okay, this is what I want to do. And like, what was that like epiphany like? Like what was going on through your mind? You know, that's I don't even know. I walked out of high school. I went to Kane University in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know, psychology just was my major. Mm-hmm. It, and then the classes, I enjoyed it. I had no problems with it. It wasn't that I was failing it. It was, it was just, it, everything just worked out perfectly. Then um, I did minor in communications because I knew that with psychology, with a bachelor's degree, you're not always set. You would have to continue. But um, I had to transfer school, so I, I continued my education at Brooklyn College. So I graduated from Brooklyn College with my BA in psych. But I couldn't, they didn't have um, um, a double, a double BA for psych and communication. So I had to drop communication. Mm-hmm. But I knew psych is what I wanted. I knew I wanted to be a therapist. This was it. Then I graduated and then I went straight into my master's because you can't really do much with a bachelor's in psychology. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, let me just get this out the way. So I went to Brooklyn College again for my master's at and I got a master's in mental health counseling. So it's a two-year program. Um, they intimidate you by saying it's really hard and really challenging. But I feel like it was more so overwhelming than difficult. Like, I feel like it was just work. a lot of a lot of reading. A lot of well, that's reading. That's like master's period. That's how my master's was. Like a lot of reading for sure. Yeah. And half the well, you should know most of it, but half of it you didn't really need to know. But it was a lot of work, but it wasn't difficult per se. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, in grad school, we interned. So I interned at Mega Everest College, where I continued working for four years actually after I graduated. And I don't know, it was just, it was just something I felt like I was meant to do. I first wanted to work with people with domestic, um, in domestic violence situations. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed like it's really hard because you're like trying to get them to change and you want them out of the situation. But sometimes they're just not ready. So yeah, that was really difficult really for me. Yeah. So I was like, the you know best, what? I don't want to do place, this. Like, it was specifically for people with domestic violence issues. Um, it was a college. Oh, it was okay. a college counseling center. But um, we had like this workshop of domestic violence and I was like yes yeah this is, the this one. is yeah. what I want to do <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't it I still do love it though I still so do when, love it but I don't yeah so when you mm-hmm. even so that's like interesting because like people think that like even like as a friend of someone not to say that I am one but like you know if you're a friend of somebody who's going through domestic violence issues or like mm-hmm. whatever the case may be it's like you think that like you keep telling them okay you need to leave but like if mm-hmm. even a therapist can't tell them they need to leave like that just shows mm-hmm. like how deep like that, you know, like that really yeah. is for somebody. It's 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 tough mentally and physically. Anyway, it's, yeah. it's tough. So you can't really force somebody. And even if you did, now they're going to be secretive. So you you still want to keep the yeah. rapport with your clients. So you have so to, up to like, their figure out a way to like just get, get them, them safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just make sure they're safe. That's really your priorities. They're safe. Oh, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so awesome. I do work with, I like working with young adults or adults. I, I'm, I'm not too um, familiar with children. I do work with them sometimes, but I prefer the adults because sometimes you learn so much from their wisdom. So I love working with adults. Like what age? I would say 21. And then I can go up to 60. Oh, wow. Honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love them. So like you learn a um, lot from them as well. Yeah, you do. Like, you like do. What do you think is like the like a lesson that was like, oh shit, like if you can think of one at all that you learned from someone. Cause I've never from heard that before. I've never heard that like a therapist, like, you know, taking away, even though I feel like I know that you would just cause like in conversation mm-hmm. with anybody, you take away things. Mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. I've really never heard that, which is super dope. What did I learn particularly? 
<laughs> read like I guess the story. I, I admire like the resiliency, I think. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's like everybody has mm-hmm. a story. And just to see like how they developed and how they got to where they were and the lessons that they learned yes. is just amazing to me. I don't know what the particular. I know this um one of my clients, she had a lot of domestic violence. No, not sorry. She had um molestation from her father. Mm. And she had a twin and her twin was being molested too. And they didn't even know. They didn't like, know that they were both being molested until oh, they fuck. were like 50 years old. Can you believe that? That's crazy. <laughs> crazy. And then to see like it's generational because then um, their oldest sister who wasn't molested, her son, Lord Jesus, her son ended up molesting his daughter. It's just crazy. Wait, wow. Like how yes. did you figure out like if that like was connected at all or like was it just I don't even think I don't know how it's connected but it gotta be like yeah like that not be it's generational I feel like that is so generational I'm I'm super big on breaking generational curses literally I was just about to say Oh my! So okay, if that's the case, we definitely need to do like more things together, especially like first gen, you know, first gen kids. I feel like we can do something with that for sure. Like my family, they've already like my dad and my brothers. Like we're all like super close. Thankfully, like my parents are like cool, although they still you know have their little you know you know Mm -hmm. their things, but like they're super cool. And we did like a panel last week actually. Um, oh wow about like it was like a Zoom panel whatever with like a bunch like Kenyan kids first gen like their parents just talking about like basically like how they deal with racism because in like police brutality because of course like in mm-hmm. Kenya we don't have that and just like talking mm-hmm. about all that but then it went into like gay rights and just like a bunch of other things but yeah we definitely <laughs> should do something like on that like soon we, we, we can talk about it later but okay that's that's wild though so basically like you're saying yeah. that you kind of learned just like life lessons like resiliency yeah. yes yeah, just growth, and um, I do connect it back to like my Christianity because then I was like, wow, this is real generational curses. And then sometimes I do pray for my clients, like not in the yeah. session with them, but I, I do go home and I be like, wow, that's just really tough. And then I really I pray for them because mm-hmm. sometimes they can't. Sometimes like with personality disorders, you can't really control that. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's sad sometimes, but that and that's the thing you can't take your work home or you will. You will go banana. Yeah, that that's great. That goes to like literally I haven't even started my actual questions. It's just been like normal combo. But okay, like oh. so my that goes to my first actual <laughs> question was like, how is it being a therapist? We talked about this before on the um everyday people thing, but during this time mm-hmm. and then even just period, mm-hmm. like how do you like how do you stay sane yourself? And is it a struggle? Mm-hmm. Like how does that work? And what do you do to like not be like out of here? <laughs> Banana. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was so much easier when we went into the office or went to our setting, wherever we work, because at least like it's a transition. Like I, I'm in this setting and this is where the therapy is. And now I go home and this is where home is. Whereas now with this remote therapy, home and work is the same place. Yeah. So, so you don't have that like boundary, like that safe place. Yeah. Oh my, it's like, oh my goodness. So when the pandemic first started, I was very anxious because it's like you have a lot of people who are anxious and they're putting that on you. And then it's like, I'm still home and I'm anxious too. And I don't differentiate when I'm working and when I'm home because everything was at different times. It It was just a lot going on. So when the pandemic started, it was really difficult 
to stay sane, I guess. Mm -hmm. But then um, with the transitioning with time, I've, I've gotten better. I've been able to like schedule it. Like, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. But Fridays, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything with counseling. It's my day. So mm -hmm. it's very important to create boundaries and yes. to have the time for therapy and then to have the time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because like if that, you mix that, you'll go crazy. For sure. <laughs> so. I feel like that goes into like, even not even as a therapist, but I just know like people that are working from home now, it's like, I feel like mm -hmm. before your home was like your safe place. Like that was mm -hmm. like where you can leave everything at the door. And you can yes. just be yourself, be chill, like your mental, you know, everything. And now mm -hmm. it's like people are having to figure out how to mix that. And like they're having like a really, really hard time with that. But like you said, like learning your boundaries, like your different times mm -hmm. to do stuff, making a routine yes. and a schedule and things like that, like would make that 10 times better, I think. And also like um, creating the atmosphere. So like my living room table, it's like one particular seat that I sit on. Mm -hmm. And that is my therapy seat. Like I'm not going to sit on that any other time because I don't want to feel like I'm working. So yeah. sometimes just setting that environment and like making that environment for something helps as well to yeah. create the boundaries as well. You have a friend who like got this cute little desk thing situation that like you can stick like on a window or on the wall or whatever. And I feel Ooh. like the work level just turned up after like they got the <laughs> like dead ass it really did. It was really really good like but that's true like creating like an atmosphere mm -hmm. like people like kind of like undermine like just like even normally like building like your space period is like super duper important for like your mental health yeah. I think I I agree 100 percent mm -hmm. and and I just feel like some people don't really take mental health seriously. Yeah. It's so it's a little sad that we look at me mental health as a bad thing or mm -hmm. that we're weak. We still do that, even though like I, I've seen memes where it's like, oh, in 1980, mental health was like tougher. And now it's like, oh, guess what my therapist told me? I mean, I feel like some it is, but uh, still a lot of people, a lot of black people still just don't want it. Yeah, I feel like it's like getting way better now for sure. Like the combo is mm -hmm. opening up. I don't even think it's really opening up. I think it's kind of like, people saying it but not really doing nothing about it you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's like ooh, like mental health matters but like they look at it as like on some like oh i'm happy or sad say but there's like deeper things that people are dealing with going on it's not even it's like true. oh i'm having a bad day like that's of course that is mental health but it's like way more than that and i feel like even just i talk about mental health all the time i'm sure my friends are like exhausted by it to be honest <laughs> but and it's not because i'm weak and i actually think it's like i'm stronger because i'm dealing with yes. like I feel like some people, um, I don't know because I dealt with everything, amassing everything, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, or strong yeah. because like, I just don't know what, like, you know, what like my demons are. I'd rather like overcome them and like have like uh -huh. true strength or whatever. Um, and I talk about all the time. I like hope people don't think I'm weak. I feel like I'm just strong for even facing that because that's like the hardest thing you can do, you know? I don't know. I agree 100%. It's so easy to avoid it. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to not think about it. It's so easy to pick up weed and smoke it away or drink it away or work it away. That's the yeah, easy part. Solange. Okay, Solange. Literally. <laughs> Leave it away. All that stuff. No, literally. And I feel like some people don't even know. It's like you've lived with it for so long. Mm -hmm. You don't even know that it's a thing. Like that's just like your way of life. I feel like that's like how my parents are. Like some of my, like, well, my mom is like super duper into therapy. That's why I'm in therapy. But like, uncles like everyone's like that's just the way that they live like there's like oh this is just the way it is they don't even know like 
there's a better life like yes that's yeah. out there for them and then of course the whole Chris- christianity thing um like what are your thoughts on before we go into like black lives matter and the quarantine and all those mm-hmm. stuff and get your advice on that like what are your thoughts on like i guess like christianity and mm-hmm. mental health i feel like now i hear a lot of pastors talking about it so much more but i feel like yeah. you know like in Christianity, like you're supposed to, you know, kind of like all is well, um, like God's got it, things like that. But mm-hmm. it can get misconstrued a little bit because mm-hmm. it's like, yes, ha- hopeful, have grace, all that stuff. But I feel like there's like, like, what do you, I don't, I don't even think I've like this, like, dive into that <laughs> enough to even have my own perspective. Like, I'm really trying mm-hmm. to think about it. I'm like, damn, like, how would someone explain that to somebody who truly is like, nope, God's got it right yeah this is how I explain it because like I used to get really frustrated at my mom mm-hmm. when I used to be like yo they need mental health. like they need therapy she's like no I'll pray I was about to be Creole I'll pray about it I'll pray about it I'm like my prayer I'm like no I love that I'm like okay let's let's do it this way mom if I want to, if I want to lose weight, right, mm-hmm. you, wouldn't you tell me to go to the gym to lose weight? Or wouldn't you tell me to stop eating certain foods to lose weight? Or would you just tell me to pray and ask God to just make the weight go facts, away? Like, facts. Come on. You can just pray. Hey, God, I really want to lose weight. So I'm going to just pray every day and hope I lose weight. But I'm not going to go to the gym and I'm not going to eat. Like, it, it makes no sense. That's you need not how it works. Prayer and action. So, yeah, therapy yeah, may be taboo, that's so but... true. Prayer and action, period. Even um, without mental health, but, like, prayer and action, period. Exactly. Period. Like, you can't wish for something and just think it's gonna... It's not... God is not a genie. <laughs> Your wishes don't just come true. Yeah. Some people really believe that, though, and they be stuck for a long-ass time. And that's... And I, and I, I love the faith, love because, it. yes... Sometimes things do happen instantaneously, but most of the time it's a process. Mm -hmm. So along that process, you do need additional help because it's not like you're going to have heart disease and be like, okay, God, take it away and then not go to the doctor for it. That's a good way to put it because like I have thought about that. Like whenever people talk about mental health, I I am like, yo, like, okay, if your knee was broken, you go fix that. But like sometimes Mm -hmm. people like actually have even like on a, like a psychiatric level, like deficiencies, like mm-hmm. in their brain that make them do that. Like that's the yes. thing about too, like some people's brain makeup is just different. Like on an, like neurology levels, like that's just sometimes yes. what it is, mm-hmm. but you won't figure that out if you don't like see a therapist, you know, or see someone. That's fair, like, I guess. They just think it's just got like, it's just like, oh, it's just a bad day or just a bad thing. And it's like, mm, sometimes it's like, you have to realize when it's like that time. You know, I don't know. And your life could be so much easier. Yeah. Like, I'd be feeling so bad. Like, my friends, I'd be like, why y'all don't just go to a therapist? And they're like, no. And I'm like, so well, how do you view me? What do you think I do? Yeah, I love therapy. I'm like, like, <laughs> even though I feel like it was, it's like, I think this is what it is. So before therapy, I feel like I was like oblivious to everything. Like, life was good because mm-hmm. I didn't know what was wrong. And I was just, like, living mm-hmm. life, like, however, whatever. Once I went to therapy, it's, like, everything got broken down for me. Like, what I really, truly want, like, what I truly desire, stuff like that. And, like, also the things that are blocking me from, like, the life that, like, God meant for me to live. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, mm-hmm. like, God wants me to live this life. But, like, sometimes I can't see those things. I need to talk to somebody to, like, 
figure those things out. And I think that like, that's what it did for me. It was hard at first. Cause when you're confronted with like your demons and shit, it's like, Oh fuck. Like, is that really me? Like, that's crazy. I never thought, I never thought that was me. But, um, in the end, it's like so much better. It is. Yeah. It's a breakthrough. It's, it's, it's tough though. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It's tough. It's so hard. You don't want to deal with it. Very with like life period. I think I deal with like all that stuff. But yeah, I think it's worth it mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. So we'll move into um like quarantine and then like everything that's going on with police brutality and things like that. So mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. one thing that you feel a lot of people are dealing with during this time, whether it's during quarantine, during um everything going on? I, I, I've been calling it a race war, but, um, I feel like things are getting so much better and it's not really, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is, but it's just, it's, I think things are just coming to light. Um, but I just call it a race war. So during quarantine and the race war and like, what has mm-hmm. been your advice to that? Like what, 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 like a common theme between like your clients that you've seen? Well, actually, my clients are not really talking about it. Mm. They're so focused on their own issue. No, I feel <laughs> like it'll come up briefly, but they don't talk about it now. But what I do see or what I'm noticing is a lot of anxiety has increased and PTSD mm. that people are not even noticing that are affecting mm. them. I think that is like it's it's increasing significantly. I feel like um, just even with me, just watching these videos on social media because yes. you're 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 witnessing you're witnessing you're a death someone and, die like yes twice a week. and that is part of PTSD. It's um seeing something vicariously that is part of the diagnosis. So you see that you witness that, and then you're you're seeing so many more posts of people dying or you see so many posts of more people being like in violent situations with police officers so now you're becoming enraged mm-hmm. and you're you're dreaming about it because some people stay on social media until they they close their eyes you're dreaming about it you're thinking about it all the time and i also think that it's traumatic because it's like one second you see someone dying on social media and this is real stuff you're you're literally seeing somebody dying and then the next second you're seeing a baby being born so like just your your mind yeah is moving from different tri- emotions yeah, it's not supposed to do but in in a matter of seconds because you're scrolling so in a matter of seconds you've done felt so many different emotions and just to we don't even notice how much that affects us yeah and affects our mind so That's i feel sucks. like it's a lot going on. You have Black Lives Matter right now. <laughs> you have um, the coronavirus. The goddamn corona kind of disappeared once that happened. I was like, the media is so insane. Like, the media is so insane. Like, it almost disappeared. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah, and I now kind of forgot about it again. until you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so I'm like, Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, wait, there's more stuff going on. But I completely forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Coronavirus. This whole thing really even also showed me like how the media really controls like people's minds and stuff, which is why I even chose like media as like my outlet first, because it's like, yo, people really, any, even like, maybe not even like, I don't even want to say like, like, I do want to say conscious people because, you know, some people are like more self-aware, that's better, Mm self-aware people like than others or whatever. But I know some people like I went to go get my hair done Mm -hmm. and just hearing like what like everyone was talking about around me. Hmm. was literally like the news but it wasn't although it wasn't false just like things that just 
like were just unnecessary and some actually were false, like whole, whole ass lies. But it's just like <laughs> that, like their mind was like just the only thing that, that they could talk about was like all this shit that was happening on like the news that really wasn't even that true or really not even important to like their lives. Mm. It just was like really, really mm-hmm. weird to me. It's like, damn, like the media really controls like people's conversation, their way of thinking, just like everything. It's like, just, it was a lot. I was like, oh no, nah. like this is too much. There's something like Jeffrey Epstein, Corona, Trump, did I was like, and everything <sighs> was just like super like Fox and CNN newsy, just like a bunch of bullshit. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, very true. Okay, Um, so you're saying Mm -hmm. that, like, and what's crazy is, like, with my therapist, I really don't talk about what's going on either. But then again, oh, my God. Mm -hmm, So, so my podcast, I have, like, my first section, which is just, like, my own monologue, and then I have my interview after. But I did talk about this earlier. Like, my new therapist Mm -hmm. is white. Ooh, okay. It's totally fine. Totally fine. Uh I've never had a white therapist. I always have like, and I've never had a black therapist either. This is just like someone of color. Oh. Like I had okay. an Asian therapist, an Indian therapist. Um, this is my first time doing that. And I'm like, I'm not sure if I should switch. <laughs> <laughs> because I said the rapport, really. So should I wait? I would, I would wait. I would wait. You all know, though, I think my first therapist, I knew this, the first session. I was like, oh, this ain't it. Okay, I but knew the second you, session this wasn't it. And it wasn't even, yeah. she's white, just because literally, I don't think she just, like, is well-read. Relate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you need, because rapport is the number one thing you need for therapy. If you don't have a good relationship with your therapist, it's over. Okay, there's no connection there. I'm switching tomorrow. No. Thanks for that. You okay. switch it. Go ahead and switch. <laughs> it's like a sneaker. If it don't mm-hmm. fit, please don't force it. Literally. Okay, so like what other advice would you, I guess, mm-hmm. that was really good about like the fact that um, like we see someone dying, then we see a baby, then we see a funny ass mm-hmm. TikTok dance video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we see yeah. our goddamn sister or somebody, you know, just cheesing mm-hmm. on the gram. It's like, that's like it. That is a lot of emotions to go through. So like, yes. how would you advise somebody to like regulate that? Like, what do you think? And it's oh. easy to say, oh, okay, take a break. But <laughs> that's so hard. Yeah, like, that's literally like the only thing you can do. I personally had to say, like, after George Floyd, mm-hmm. it was so much media on that. And I love social media. So I, I, mm-hmm. well, I like Instagram. So I realized that my mood was being altered. And I was like, oh, no. So I actually took a weekend off of social media and I mm-hmm. felt better. And then I went back to it, of course. But mm-hmm. the, break, the break is really important. It got me to meditate on myself and my goals and what I want. And it got me to really figure out what my mood is and focus on myself rather than fo- because social media, you get so many different influences. You get mm-hmm. so many different thoughts. You get, mm-hmm. you may have had a thought, but then you read somebody else's comment. You'd be like, hmm, I didn't see it that way. And that could be completely wrong. <laughs> But like, we're yeah. in so many different ways. So it is very important, even though it's hard. I, I definitely took a two day break off of social media. Yeah. Literally, like Sunday, I had um, literally. So the way that I do like my sermons in church and just like devotion periods, like my YouTube, whatever it recommends, like it knows like either Mike Todd, Sarah Jakes Roberts. Yeah. Like oh, Street. my goodness. Please. Literally, like that's like yeah. my top three. And so, you know, how YouTube will recommend videos. So I feel like. Mm-hmm. Whatever is recommended is what God wants me to hear. So, like, mm-hmm. the first thing I clicked, so the one that I clicked, it was, like, 
I guess that time, I think it was during, I think it was during like before Easter that time, like, or I'm not sure if the church was just doing like a Daniel fast or some type of fast. Um, mm-hmm. So they were doing a fast, but he basically was like, just fast from something that like you love or whatever. And I was like, fuck, mm. okay, like, you know, love to turn up, love to drink a little bit, but like, I mean, not okay. that much. Like, you know, like I can not do that. But I was like, social media. So like mm, Sunday, I was trying to figure out. But then also the thing is with social media, especially for like people like us who are trying to promote something and build something on there. Yeah, yeah. If mm-hmm. you don't post for a month, like you literally when you start posting again, no one will see your stuff. Like that's how it's built. I know. The algorithm is disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like, so I was okay. Like, let me figure, which I'm still trying to figure out that. And I've been literally like, like I got on there to talk to you and post on like my podcast page. And like, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's since Sunday. So I'm trying to do that for 21 days. Oh, good. And like 21. Ooh. Yes. Because that's what they said on the, on the thing. I was like, I was like, okay. Like that is a long <laughs> time, but I think I can, maybe even if I gave myself like, like boundaries or parameters, like okay, like only be on there for one hour in the morning, yeah. one hour at night. Mm-hmm. Like that's good yes. enough. So that my brain could just like not be like so but like, you know, just clouded with like everybody from- else's thoughts. Cause I feel like that's been happening agree. a lot lately. I don't like that. I like I like to be my own person. I don't <laughs> like I don't like like thinking the way anyone else thinks. Yeah. So, that's very true. Okay. I think that's a good idea. And mm-hmm. you, because you need it regardless. So mm-hmm. just create those boundaries and mm-hmm. stay, stay on those boundaries. For sure. And also like fasting just for like jobs, life here. I, I graduated during like Corona. So that was crazy. So it's like, you know, oh, it's a perfect. Thank you. But it was You're a crazy welcome. time. Graduated with what? <laughs> with my master's in media studies and media management. Look at that. Look at mm-hmm. that. Look at that. I think what you're doing is great. I don't think I like if you want to be a counselor, go for it. But I also think um just broadcasting it is very important too mm-hmm. because like I was saying, the stigma. So I think what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I'm you're still welcome. gonna go for it because I feel like I would get so much like how you said out of just like that one on one. Um I think I would get so much out of that. So I still think I still wanna do it, but teach to be announced. I will definitely let you know because I'm going to ask you hella questions about it. So, yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next. That's crazy. I'm literally on question three, four. But this is how I like my stuff to go, just like normal combo. So, um, let's see. So, ooh, okay. So, what are your thoughts on people like developing like romantic relationships during the quarantine from a therapeutic, I guess, <laughs> perspective as important yeah oh lord oh. <laughs> oh. i just feel like with the quarantine we are very lonely and it's easy for our loneliness to guide our decisions Ooh, and i good. would say that for me too yeah so, that's yeah good. because decisions that we would have made if we were distracted or if we were very productive is not decisions that we would make right now and i feel like we tolerate a little more now because it's like i don't want to be lonely i don't want to deal with this by myself that is so true. So my next question was about PTSD and desensitization, mm-hmm. but we definitely mm-hmm. talked about that. You like did it spot on. Like you answered exactly like. Awesome. Yeah. So that was great. So let's see. So how can we protect our mental health during this time outside of the cliche, which I think we kind of talked about a little bit too, but if you have anything mm-hmm. else, you can definitely share. How can we protect our mental health? Period. Um, period. Right? Yeah. It's like overall. I- 
exactly how can we that is a very good question how can we protect our mental health i think self-awareness is what you were saying before Mm -hmm. i think that's very important it's to meditate and to just really focus on who we are what we want what like what our standards for ourselves are, what our expectations for ourselves are, just disconnecting with the world and allowing ourselves to be the center of attention for at least five minutes. I feel like we don't even give ourselves one minute. We wake up and we're automatically on social media or we're automatically doing something or treating kids. Or And I, I really felt bad for the single mothers during this time. Ooh. What, like, what do you think about that? Like what... But I, my, my, I have two friends, they have kids, but they're not single mothers, but one is co-parenting, but to be with the kid all day, the kid, like you, you want to treat the kid good and you want to give the kid love, but then they become annoying and then you're frustrated. I just felt so bad. Yeah. It's just like, um, yeah, you, you need your alone time, but like, yes. to even refuel to be able to be like what you should be for yes. that kid. But it's just like really hard to even get that when the kids are. It home. is. And then during this quarantine, how do you protect your mental? Because sometimes people's um like something that they will enjoy doing is shopping or something they will enjoy doing is going to the spa yeah. or getting their nails done. We didn't have that. So how do you protect your mental health, right? I think really is to have a good support system. To take the time out for yourself, yes, focusing on yourself, but also you need that support. You need it. You need because we need each other. Mm-hmm. We can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just staying connected with others. Mm-hmm. I feel like, of course, like dig deep into yourself. Like even though it might be mm-hmm. super hard, some people don't even know how to even begin with that. And then also, mm-hmm. I feel like I've been even getting like closer to like cousins, just people that I've been cool with. Mm-hmm. But now that we got the time, to just like chit chat all day on Facetime, it's like we just gotten like so much cooler and closer. So it's like a definitely like a positive, I think, because I think before the world just moving really really fast. But yeah. now, like, we can take the time, like, just sit down, think about what, what we want for ourselves, and just really connect with the people that are, like, really matter, like, in the long run. You know what I'm saying? I agree 100%. I love that. I love that. Oh, my God. This was, like, a great <laughs> ending. I feel like this this is perfect. Better <laughs> than I planned before. I told you what happened before. But um, I love yes, this. Yes, you see, God like works. God works. God literally be doing his goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs>